Welcome to the Chad Cargill ACT Test Prep Podcast, coming to you from the Ollie Ray Ranch in Choctaw, Oklahoma. It's great to be with you for episode 33, How to Effectively Practice for the ACT. My goal is to get practical tips to help you increase ACT scores, qualify for college, and win those much-needed scholarships. We'll talk colleges, careers, and most of all, test-taking strategies and tips. A lot of students want to practice for the ACT, and a lot of parents are saying, hey, go practice for the ACT. I know my dad used to tell me that as well. But effectively practicing for the ACT is much different than what most students are doing. In today's episode, I'm gonna clear that up for you, and I'm gonna teach you how you can be purposeful and intentional in your practice and make sure you're getting the most out of your time. Now stay tuned at the end of this episode because I've got a big announcement, and it's gonna be an announcement about our first course on my online academy and it'll relate directly to this episode. And I think you'll really be excited about it, as I am, to offer it. And so I'll do that right at the end of the episode. Now, I want to go through a few key kind of general concepts on how you can effectively practice for the ACT. After I go over those key general concepts, then I'm going to outline some very specific steps that you can take in order to accomplish this. So first, I want to go back to that phrase I used about purposeful and intentional. It's a phrase that I've used on many episodes in the past. And what I mean by this is a lot of students will decide to practice for the ACT and you'll get a book out or a practice test or a former uh, national ACT test. You'll do a problem. You'll go to check your answer. And you say, oh man, I missed it. And you move on. And that's no good. Because if I make a mistake and then I just say, well, okay, I practiced or I tried, I'm not going to be able to change that. I've got to know why I missed it. I've got to know what happened. It's just like anything else you do in life. If you just keep making that same mistake over and over, we're not accomplishing anything. We need to figure out what we're doing that's causing that mistake. So to practice purposefully and intentionally, we should always do a problem and simply ask, if we check it, ask, why did I miss it? If you don't know why you missed it, then it's not going to be able to help you. So every time you do a practice question, you can't just say, oh, I picked C, the answer was B, I missed it. I need to look at why I picked C and why I should have picked B in this example. That's why explanations are crucial when you're using prep books or whatever. And a lot of the practice tests, you'll get old practice tests or you'll get old national ACTs and you'll practice with them, but you never really understand why. So if you're doing past national ACT tests, you're gonna need to go to an expert or a teacher or someone and say, why did I miss this? What is it about this dash that makes it work here? Whereas I picked semicolon, why doesn't the semicolon work? The second thing is, if you want to be purposeful and intentional with your practice and improving your ACT score, you must understand anything you're really good at, it took time to get there. If you play a sport, think of how long your average practice lasts. 
And I would bet for most, it's somewhere in the range of two to three hours. If you play in the band, think of how many hours you have practiced to get to where you're at today. And some of you are like, my whole life. And video game players, seriously, you should get on your system, look at the settings for your favorite game, and see if, if your system tallies how many hours you played that game. My guess is it's astronomical. So think about these three examples I gave. A sport, one practice, two to three hours, and you do that almost every day. And you practice for months. And some of you, you play year round. And why do you do that? You want to be great. And you know, in order to be great, it takes time. And band, it's not like you pick up a saxophone. I was an alto sax player and, and, and still, still have it today and played for many years after high school. And if I pick up my sax, it's not like I just started playing that the first day. It took years and years of practice. I remember those old log sheets that my band director would make us uh, complete of all those hours. It took a long time to be great at that. And video games, I was in one workshop and I said that example about, hey, check your system, see how many hours you played your favorite game. And everyone looked right at one guy in the room. And I was like, okay, uh, are you like the video game master here? And he just started laughing a little bit. And I said, dude, really, have you ever checked your system? See how many hours you played? And he's like, oh yeah, yeah, I know. And I said, well, what's your favorite game? And he said, I love Call of Duty. And I said, well, how many hours has your system? He said, well, I just checked it this week. And he said, the new version that just came out, he said, uh, I hit 900 hours. And I mean, 900 hours of the latest version of Call of Duty? That means that guy could have played four hours a night, every night, seven days a week for over six straight months. Now think about that. I have no doubt he's an amazing Call of Duty player. But that's a lot of hours dedicated to Call of Duty. And for an ACT, I'm not asking for 900 hours. I don't need six months of war. I'm asking for like his warm-up session, like two hours, three hours, four hours. Start with that. And then build on it, right? I mean, we don't have to do a million hours, but I need some purposeful, intentional, consistent practice because anything we do in life we're really good at, it takes time. The third one I want to address here is that you can't just take practice tests and assume you're raising your score. I hear this a lot. I'll ask students, how are you practicing for the ACT? And students typically will say, it's probably the most popular answer I get, well, I'm doing a lot of practice tests. See, if I sit down and just take practice test after practice test, that may help a little, but the problem with that is, again, I'm really not identifying weakness areas and then working to sure up those weakness areas, which is the key. I need to do a lot more than just take practice tests, say, well, I was at a 26, and oh, on this practice test, I made a 27, and so I'm improving. That's not really the way we want to approach this because to me, that's just kind of, well, I'm just going to take tests and see what happens and hopefully I'll figure some stuff out. I would much rather we have a purposeful way of practicing and identifying these areas and improving. So now what I want to do is give you some very practical steps on how you can make sure that your practice is purposeful, and intentional. 
Now, the first one, if you came to my workshop, you know that in the class, I give a three-step plan on how to practice for English and math specifically. In a second, I'll address if you didn't come to my workshop, but if you came to my class, you definitely want to follow that three-step plan. Now, if you didn't come to my workshop, I'm going to give you just some basics of that plan. So first, you want to identify some of those key areas that you may be missing or may be struggling with. And one way you can do that, if you have not come to my class, is go to testday.chadcargill.com and it'll say, tell me where to send it. You put your email there and it'll give you a PDF document of things you must know the week of the test. And you can go through those items and get an idea. Hey, do I remember the equation of a circle? Do I remember the distance formula? But you can kind of go through that and try to identify those key areas, all right? that Those areas that you may be struggling with. Now, my class, if you came to my class, you remember that I give you specific numbers. I'll say do the numbers. And I give you specific examples of each of the key content areas. And so in the workshop, I say start out by doing the numbers. And in English, it only takes about 15 minutes to do the numbers. So if you didn't come to my class, I guess I would say, look, just come to my workshop and then I'll outline all this for you and give you all those examples. If you didn't, you've got to find example questions for those key concepts and practice them, all right? Now, when you get that part done, then step two, I want you to take, so if we're practicing for English, I want you to take a practice English test, but here's the key. I only want you to work about five questions at a time. Now, there's nothing magical about five. It can be three, it can be six, I don't care, but about five. Now, how did I come up with this? Well, when I was in high school and I was taking the test those 18 times trying to raise my score to get to college, I was doing what most do in that I would work a practice test. Then I would go back and I would start checking my answers. And I really couldn't remember why I picked what I did on question five. I mean, I had worked 75 questions and I couldn't really think of my thought process. Like, why did I do that? So I remember when I was in high school, I changed my strategy and I started doing a few questions at a time. And then while it was very fresh on my mind, why I selected what I did, I checked my answer. So I would flip to the back of the section. I would see what the correct answer is. I would see what I picked and I would think about why I picked that. And if I did it when I was, uh, you know, when it was fresh on my mind, I found I was a lot more effective in my practice. So I say work about five questions at a time. Again, it can be three, four, six, seven, I don't care, but around five. And while it's fresh in your mind, check your answers. You want to see why it was right, why it was wrong. And that's going to be the key. It can't just be, oh, I missed it and we move on. So do that while it's fresh and think through your thought process of why you chose what you did and what you need to change in the future. Now, the third part of that practice is after you go through it about five at a time, I really would like you then to take a complete section timed. So when you're going about three, four, five at a time, you do that untimed because I'm not in a hurry here. I'm not worried about it. I'm really wanting to understand why I got it right or wrong. The third step though, is I would take a section timed. And I, I think that's important. So you're getting a good feel of how long the test is, the pace you need to go, 
Now, if you're taking the ACT a, a million times, like I did, this, this one's not as important because you're going to get a lot of practice on actual tests. But the third thing that I do challenge students to do is take an English test, let's say, of 45 minutes timed. Then, again, you go back and you check your answers, the ones you missed, and each time you say, why did I miss this? What concept did I not get? Not only for the one, the answer you should have picked, but the answer you did pick. You'll be like, man, I picked a colon there, and oh, that does not fit the two colon rules that are used on ACTs. So that's a way that you can really be purposeful, intentional with your practice test. Now, what'll happen if you do this, as I've outlined, you'll focus on those weakness areas, those wrongs, and you'll notice trends. You'll start saying, wait, I keep missing who and whom. Uh, man, I have missed comma questions over and over. So now you've got to sure up your weakness areas. So this is the next one. The third thing, you're going to get a prep book that's heavy on content, strategies, and explanations. So I love books that are heavy on content. Some, some books are heavy on practice tests. I'm not a huge fan of that. When I wrote my book, I wrote my book so it could be used as a textbook for a semester course because I figured if I wrote it as a textbook would be written, I would make sure that there was tons of content and tons of specific practice for each concept item. Yes, there's practice tests. Yes, there's explanations for the answers, but I wanted it heavy on content. That's why if you're using my prep book and you were missing who and whom a lot, then you would know, you look at the table of contents, you would know to go to pages 39 through 41, and you're going to find the rules on how who and whom is used on ACTs, examples for each of those. Then you're going to find exercises where you can practice and see if you're understanding how who and whom works in a sentence. And then you'll find model questions where you see something similar to how it might be actually asked in an ACT question format. Then at the back of English, for every one of those exercises and model questions, you're going to see explanations and you'll be able to figure out why you got it right, why you got it wrong. And if you do that, you actually read the explanations. That's when you can really be effective in your practice. That's why in my book, it's like 130 or so pages of math problems. And at the back of math, I worked every problem for you and I typed out my steps because I don't want you to do the distance formula and go, oh man, I missed it. Great, I tried it and you move on, right? So you've got to get a book that's heavy on content. We also want it to have effective strategies. That's another reason why, as I said, and I believe is a previous episode, the real ACT prep guide is ridiculous. The, the magician is not going to reveal his trick. So um, I want heavy on strategies, but more so than any of that, I need great explanations. The explanations is going to be the key on why you got it right, why you got it wrong. Okay, the fourth step is you must memorize and quiz yourself over the key content. So this goes back to the testa.chatcrow.com. I would go item by item and quiz yourself. You want to make sure that you know each of these. And if you know all of these key concepts, you're going to have a chance. I've used this cliche many times. You got to have eggs to make an omelet. Some don't have the eggs. It's going to be really tough to fix an omelet if you're in a kitchen and you don't have eggs. 
So the same way with the ACT, it's tough to get the equation of a circle correct, question correct if you don't know the equation of a circle. So the first step is to make sure you know the content. And then that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get the questions right, but I know we'll have a chance. So that will be step four. Now step five, we want to make sure we can effectively use your calculator. Now I've covered this in a lot of episodes recently. You want to go back and listen to the episode on how to effectively use your calculator. What are the, I think the title of the episode is, what are the calculator rules this week? So you'll want to listen to that. Make sure you understand what the rules are and how you can use your calculator. We don't want to try to be figuring out calculators during the ACT. I talked about that in one of the misconceptions about do you have to have a graph, graphing calculator during the math section of the ACT. But you want to make sure you're comfortable with it. If you're going to use programs, if you're going to use formulas in your memory, that must be efficient. You cannot be trying to figure that out during the time test. So make sure you can effectively use your calculator. Now, finally, number six is you want to review everything the week of the ACT. So I think it's important that you're not waiting to the week of the test to practice. Now, this is an interesting concept with my workshop, though, because some people will say, hey, I want to have you come do your workshop at our high school, you know, the day before the ACT. And some people, you know, are really adamant about that because, you know, they think I want it fresh on their minds. Now, the trade-off to that is you don't have time to practice, Right. But the positive is, yes, it's going to be fresh and that may really help you. Some schools that I go to are adamant they want it four to six weeks before the test. That way they have all the information and they have plenty of time to practice. Well, that's valid too because it's important that students do have time to practice. The trade-off on that is a lot of students just wait till the week of the test anyway. So I'm going to challenge you not to start the week of the test, but I am going to challenge you the week of the test you definitely want to crank down and do a heavy review. This is exactly what I did with my kids. My two oldest, the week of every ACT, I would quiz them. We would go item by item. I made sure they knew the content. Any content they didn't know, we would, we would work on that. We would talk about that. We would sure up that weakness area. Then I would do that quiz again later in the week. We would talk about it again. And so the week of the ACT, it's crucial that you are reviewing and you make sure that you don't have any remaining weakness areas in that content. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to have it aced or you're going to know how to do everything, but you want to make sure that you know the key content and the week of the test is a great time to do that. So that leads me to the big announcement here at the end of the episode and the first course on the Online Academy. So the first course that we are doing is actually going to be an interactive online course with me, and this is going to be your last chance prep. So the first one we're going to do is going to be Thursday night, October 22nd, starting at 7 p.m. This will run somewhere around an hour and a half, two hours. We'll just kind of see how it goes. This is the first one. I don't know exactly how long we're going to go. It is $20 to attend this session. It's going to be interactive. You're going to be able to ask me questions. I'm going to be doing with you exactly what I did with my own kids, where I'm going item by item. We're going through it. Then I'm going to review those strategies that I teach in the workshop. We're going to make sure that we're ready. We'll talk about things that might surprise you or trip you up. Um, we're going to make sure 
that you know what to expect. You'll be able to ask questions to me. Um, it'll be completely interactive. You'll be able to chat with other people in the session as well. So it'll be live Thursday, October 22nd, starting at 7 p.m. If you want to register for that, you can go to academy.chadcargo.com and just look for Last Chance Prep October 2020 and get registered for that. And when you do, I will send you a link and you'll have your unique login on how you will log into the live session that we're going to do through Crowdcast on October 22nd. So I hope you'll join for that. It's going to be a great session and hopefully it'll motivate you. It also will relax, uh, relax some of those anxieties and tensions you have about the ACT. I think test anxiety is one of the number one reasons why students who should score well on the ACT underperform. And I want to make sure we go through that, talk about ways you can reduce that anxiety. And I think if you know this, you're going to walk in there with a little bit of swagger and say, hey, I'm about to beat this test. I'm going to knock this thing out of the park. So let's hopefully get all that shirt up and get some confidence walking into that test. So again, you can go to academy.chadcargo.com. It is last chance prep, October, 2020. Get signed up for that $20. And hopefully uh, we're going to, man, we're going to get you confident and get those anxieties knocked down. And again, you'll be able to ask questions as we go to sure up anything that you're questioning or wondering about. But uh, hopefully, again, it'll be a great session. So that is a way, this whole discussion is a way that you can be effective in your practice. And you don't want to just practice willy-nilly. You want to be purposeful and effective. Now, I said in the work in the uh, episode that you need to come to my workshop. And if you do, you'll hear a lot of this in there. And we'll get some of those specifics on how to practice. So let me tell you some of the schools I'm going to be at real soon. So hopefully you can make one of these classes. So if you're listening to this live, that when it comes out on Thursday, September 24th, 2020, tomorrow I'll be at Cameron University. And then next week I will be in Rattan, Oklahoma in far Southeast Oklahoma on September 29th. Now this September 29th is a great workshop for you to attend if I'm not coming to your school. So, Tulsa is easy to get to on the highway, um, drive in from wherever. This class starts at 4.30 p.m. It goes 4.30 to 7.30. They have a big room there. We can social distance or whatever we're asked to do. If you listen to the episode I did with Union's College and Career Counselors with Emily and Shanda, you know they are unbelievable ladies and they will be there. You'll be able to ask them questions as well. So that will be a great thing for you. Parents, if you drive your kids in, you're welcome to stay with your paid student. So if your student, if you pay for your student to come in, feel free to stay as long as there's room. Uh, parents can just sit at the back or whatever. And as long as there's room, stay in there. I'd love for you to join us for the class. And so that's 4.30 to 7.30 at Tulsa Union High School. And uh, definitely try to get to that if you can. Now, Moore High School, I'll be at Moore High School in Oklahoma City on September 30th. Anson High School which is down by Abilene, Texas. I'll be there on October 1st. And then Tuttle High School on the southwest side of Oklahoma City, another great high school that I go to every year. I'll be there on October 2nd. And I think on Anson High School, I may have said September, that was October the 1st. October the 5th, I'll be doing a workshop for Epic Charter School in Norman. October the 6th, I'll be doing a workshop for Carl Albert State College. I'll be at their Salisaw campus for that one. 
October 7th, Clarksville High School in Arkansas. And then October the 9th, I'll be at Dixon High School, which is far south Oklahoma, right by the Texas border, uh, just east of I-35. So there's a lot more classes after that. I'm not going to read through all of them. You can see all of those at calendar.chadcargill.com. Now, you can also get that scholarship resource at scholarships.chadcargill.com. So you can uh, get that, download that. So just pull up that URL. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please leave a review. I like to read those occasionally on the podcast. So if you would do that, I would appreciate it. And I can review those. And if you enjoyed this, I mean, share it with one person. Just tell one person, hey, this might be something you'd be interested in. I like to occasionally share with you what I'm reading. So just uh, since the last time I've shared that, I finished a few really good books, Speaking for Myself by Sarah Huckabee Sanders. It was outstanding. I, her dad, Mike Huckabee, spoke at my kid's school, and in his speech, he told a story of Sarah when she was young, and she included that story in the book. I just loved it, and so I highly recommend that book. Then I read Blackout by Candace Owens. Man, that was a very thought-provoking book. It really made me think. It was a good book, one uh, I would recommend. The next one I read was Killing Crazy Horse by Bill O'Reilly. If you have not read any of the Killing series, I highly recommend you do that. I think Killing Lincoln was my favorite book of that series, but Killing Patton was great. Killing Reagan was great. I, I can go on and on. I, I've never read one of those that I didn't enjoy. I love Native American history, and so this book includes a lot of that. And Killing Crazy Horse was fantastic. I, uh, man, I just thoroughly enjoyed it. I highly recommend any of his Killing series. And then I did U.S. Navy Sog Seals by Keith McKim. I've read a lot of Navy SEAL books. I've probably done 20 or 30, I don't know, uh, of these. And each time I read them, I, I learn so much. Uh, it challenges me on who I am, what I believe in. Um, do I show loyalty like these guys? Am I, you know, these, the, the suffering that they do just in training alone, it's incredible. And this one in particular was about two Medal of Honor winners from the Vietnam War. And listen, I, I just love all of the Navy SEAL books. And so uh, anyway, that's one I would recommend. I'd love to know what you're reading. You can post that on the Chad Cargo Workshops Facebook page. And I'm always looking for recommendations. So feel free to give suggestions on books that you think you should read because uh, I would appreciate that. All right. Well, that will do it for this week. I appreciate you spending time again to listen to the episode. I'll be back with you again next week with a brand new one. And so if I don't see you on the road this week, uh, hopefully I will join you back for the next episode. Thank you for listening and have a great week.